Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast. Hour 2. Greetings, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is, if you want to be on the show, 877-973-7425. We got to talk about our children. So I was, (laughs) we had this morning our uh, kids' uh, awards program, honors program at school. Have you noticed, those of you who are parents, do you notice like in the last month of school, there are suddenly like a, a bajillion programs you got to go to and you find out about them like the day or two before. <laughs> I just like, hey, dad, are you coming to the awards program or what awards program? Nothing's on my calendar. Uh, Yes, yes, I will be there. And I was and it was in the gym and it only lasted like 35, 40 minutes, uh, which was good because the heat was. Uh, the, the air conditioner was out and I could just feel the sweat running down my back. And I was the whole time like, speed it up, speed it up, speed it up. Say the names faster. Say the names faster. Uh, even for my kids, just like, come on, walk across the stage, hurry. Let's get this over with. I'm sweating. It's hot. Uh, but it was a good program. It, it, it was a good program. And I am, am very fortunate. Our kids go to a great school. We've got a, a great program. It's one of those classical education schools, um, which, for a lot of people, they find it off-putting. We've really liked it. I mean, one of the problems with a lot of public school systems around the country is when they embraced Common Core, they separated parents from their children's education. It became hard to help your kids learn math when the math that the Common Core programs use is unlike anything that you and I used growing up. It's very bizarre and convoluted. It's hard to explain to people who don't have kids going through the process. Like my wife, who has a degree in computer programming, her father, who is an engineer from Georgia Tech or an engineer from Georgia Tech, uh, couldn't help the kids with their math homework. The, The math processes were so convoluted. They could do the math problems, to be sure. They could do the math problems. They just could not do them in the way that the Common Core program has kids do them. Essentially, they teach kids multiple ways to add and subtract and divide and multiply. When I was a kid, like all of you have probably had the experience of you memorized the times tables. My teacher, Helen Bruscus, in third grade, we had to listen to records and we had to sing along with the records. Two times two is four, two times three is six, two times four is eight, on and on. And it was a song and you did two through nine. Uh, Now, technically, we could have gone through 11 or 12, but she's like, once you figured out the single digits, you can figure out the double digits. We're not going to do that, and 10 is really easy. 10 is very easy. I mean, 2 times 10 is 20. 3 times 10 is 30. 4 times 10 is 40. Go figure. Um, There's no reason. So we did uh, 2 through 9, and you memorized them. Well, in Common Core, you go through this convoluted addition process, you know, like 2 times 3, so 2 plus 2 plus 2 equals 6. Therefore, 
Two times three equals six. And you, you don't just memorize. It, it becomes a problem because it pulls parents out of their ability to help the kids. And reading is no better. So in the reading program for Common Core, essentially they want you to just read as many books as possible. And you take a quiz on the books. Now, so you have to pick a book for which there's a quiz. And you get penalized if you pick a, if you pick a big book. Because the goal is to read as many books as possible. They want you to become an accelerated reader. They want you to read books very fast. They want you to read a lot of books, and they want you to read them at your grade level. If you're trying to read a higher grade level's books, you get penalized because it slows your progress. If you're reading a thicker book, it's just a dumb problem. It's a dumb solution. And a lot of school systems finally realize Common Core is crap and have started getting rid of it. In the state of Georgia, they have finally eradicated their Common Core standards. Now, you should know what they tried to do was just change the name over time. Instead of Common Core, it became the Community Core or, or Community something. And everyone's like, no, we're still using the same garbage. Get rid of it. And under Brian Kemp of the state of Georgia, where I am, they got rid of it. But our kids now, they went to a private school. And the private school they used to go to used Common Core. And now they go to a classical education school where it's like what you and I grew up with. They use real math. And my wife can help the kids with their homework. Now, I can't help any. I can do geometry. I won the award in, in the state of Louisiana when I was in 10th grade for number one geometry student in the state. I did believe my claim to fame. I suck at math, but I love geometry. My school, like, I'm sure it's still in the little trophy case. You go see, I won the award at the State Math Olympiad for geometry. But I digress. I can't help you with your algebra. I can get it like X plus 2 equals 5. Well, X must be 3. I get the basics. But it's been a long time. I went to law school to avoid it. But there are problems. This is all a digression to get to the point. There are now problems with our kids in schools. It seems the education bureaucracy of America has been so busy trying to reinvent the way they teach that they neglected the kids. And it became very transparent during COVID that the education system was largely a scam for kids. Put it to you this way. If your schools can be shut down and you are told you don't have to go back and... Your parents can see on the video chats that the really not very engaged teachers are just giving you busy work. You tend to think as a kid, why bother going? This leads me to the story from USA Today. The police were in her driveway. They wanted her son. Jane Dimsky's teenage son was not a criminal. He never stole. He never used illegal substances. He never physically hurt anyone. He just didn't go to school. It started in the middle of sixth grade when he began staying home from school on days his anxiety was too difficult to manage. Those days became more frequent, turning into weeks and months until he stopped going altogether. Now an officer was at her home waiting to take her son to school. I would describe it as hell, said the mother from Moha, New Jersey, who recalled feeling helpless and constantly on the verge of an emotional breakdown. Dimsky sought help from educators, doctors, and counselors, trying to understand what was stopping her son from going to school for nearly a year. Finally, a psychiatrist told Dimsky about a condition that affects a growing number of students with severe anxiety, school avoidance. 
It was almost like revelation, she told USA Today. School avoidant behavior, also called school refusal, when my day it was called skipping school, I just want you to know, is when a school-aged child refuses to attend school or has difficulty being in school for the entire day. Several mental health experts told USA Today it has become a crisis that's gotten worse since COVID. There's no book on this. It's not spoken about. It's very scary, and parents feel a sense of helplessness. The two continued to struggle with school avoidance for four years with little guidance. In 2014, she created a website to offer families the help and support she couldn't find. The site eventually turned into the School Avoidance Alliance, which spreads awareness and educates learning facilities and families of school avoidant children. When I was a kid, when we lived overseas, I would run away from school. I know, me. I would run away from school. Uh, so we lived, our, our neighborhood was an open neighborhood in Dubai, uh, and you just walked to school. School was just down the street. And I had a teacher, and I... To this day, in my 40s, I'm convinced he lost my homework. Convinced to this day of it, because I distinctly remember doing it to this day. It's weird what you remember as a, as a kid. And, and so he would make me come in, and it just never seemed like I could catch up. And I, I couldn't figure out what was going on. I never understood it. Why am I always behind? Uh, he wasn't very good at answering the question. I was convinced to this day. I'm convinced he lost my stuff, and I just started skipping school. Still did fine. I still made A's. But I would go out to recess, and I would disappear, and I would walk home. Did it more than once. Now, my mother was not going to put up with it, and she didn't. Um, but I didn't want to be there either. Uh, there was a period in time where I despised school. Fifth, sixth grade, my gosh, did I hate school. Then I, had, I wound up having a really great teacher in sixth grade. And and wound up loving it, but there there were times fourth and fifth in particular where man you didn't feel like you fit in, uh, you didn't think the teachers were being fair. It was all discombobulating, and I did not want to go to school. And then I got to high school. I just I got to explain this one to you so you understand this. So I went to school overseas in a class of twenty three people. All of us had kind of been there together for a very long time. We didn't have a lot of new kids. By the time you got into like fifth, sixth grade, you didn't have lots of new people coming to the school. And we were all there together. Uh, I had been there since first grade. Knew everybody. Knew all the teachers. Finally, like, it clicked with me at some point. Uh, got along with the teachers, got along with the kids, participated in the school. And then we were uprooted and had to move back to the U.S. Uh, before the Gulf War started. There in 1990, and for about six months, my parents sent me to a small little private Christian school. Turns out it was one of those um, uh, racial segregation schools. Had no idea at the time I was going there. It was one of those schools started in rural Mississippi after desegregation for all the white kids to go to school. And I just thought this was like Christian school. Um, and didn't particularly care for it, didn't know anybody, had a hard time meeting people. I'm not, contrary to what you may believe, I'm not really that extroverted. Uh, and meeting new people is, is kind of an odd thing. Well, after six months, the Gulf War is raging. Gas prices have gone up to the staggering amount of $1.25. And my parents were like, yeah, it's a 30-minute commute both ways. you got to go to public school. My gosh, 
did I hate going to public school. Talk about a culture shock. Made some friends, but I did not like it. Uh, Particularly that first year, it was really rough. And I did not want to go to school. I got up every day not wanting to go to school, and my parents forced me to go to school. And if you notice a theme here, it's forcing your kid to go to school. Now, oftentimes, they feel out of place. Um, And you can feel out of place at church. You can feel out of place at school. But sometimes part of growing up is you just have to go. You just have to do it. Sometimes you just have to go to the doctor. Sometimes you just have to go to school. And more and more, what the data shows is that parents are less and less uh, eager to force their kids to do uncomfortable things. And I get that because I sometimes with my kids, I'm in the same boat. But what's happening is a growing number of kids in the country are not just feeling like they don't fit in and they don't want to go, but also that they don't have to go and will not be made to go, and so they're rebelling. And it's spilling out in other ways as well. According to the Wall Street Journal, young Americans are dying at alarming rates of reversing years of progress. The rates of car accidents, the rates of homicides, the rates of suicides, the rates of drug overdoses are the highest they've been in nearly 15 years, and it is among young Americans. The overall mortality rate for ages 1 through 19 rose by 10.7% between 2019 and 2020 and increased an additional 8.3% the following year. The U.S. is the only place among peer nations where firearms are the number one cause of death in young people. Suicides among Americans aged 10 to 19 began increasing in 2007, while homicide rates for the age group started climbing in 2013. Um, we got problems with our children. And I want to submit to you now that part of the problem we have with our kids is a problem we're having with the parents, where the parents are no longer parenting. People sent their iPads Mother's Day cards this year. It's, you know, Hillary Clinton was kind of mocked for saying it takes a village to raise a child, and to a degree it does but it begins with the parents at home. It takes parents to raise kids and the parents aren't parenting. The kids aren't parenting. Nobody is parenting. We've got these feral children running around who don't want to go to school and they've turned to other outlets and those other outlets are getting them killed. This is a sign of a sick society all around. Our educators showed education isn't their primary mission, it's indoctrination. Our parents have showed that they're not willing to be hands-on with their kids at these times and possibly can't, and the kids are showing, well, they will go parent themselves in destructive ways. And this is all a sign of a society that needs to recalibrate itself and needs to heal itself, and yet there is no incentive to heal. The only incentive out there is to continue getting worse. And if we don't reverse course on all these things, We're going to be in very dark times very soon. I keep having friends tell me they realized I was right. Every time you wash sheets from Bowling Branch, they get softer and softer. They're the most luxurious sheets. The highest quality, incredible craftsmanship with just unmatched softness. 100% traceable organic cotton. It gets softer with every wash. I tell you guys that it's true. I can tell you it's a big difference. And I have bought different pairs of sheets to try to find some best. I keep coming back to my Bowling Branch sheets. They're incredible. They're buttery to the touch, super breathable. They're perfect for cooler weather and warmer weather. Why the drape? You actually feel like you've got something, a substance on you so you can snuggle in, but you don't get overwhelmingly hot during the 
during the summertime, and it's just the perfect weight under the blanket as well during the wintertime. I love Boland Branch sheets. They're so luxurious. They're loved by four U.S. presidents. Got over 10,000 raving reviews. Right now, get 15% off your first order when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BolandBranch.com. That's BolandBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. Phone number is 877-973-7425. This hour of the program brought to you by First Livery Building and Loan. You know, uh, they reached out to me, and I've been telling you, if you need access to capital, $750,000 or more, they said that they've got the bandwidth right now to do $250,000 or more. But this is if you're buying a building, 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 buying a franchise, expanding, you're growing your business Lenders are giving you a run around. First Liberty's been doing this since the 90s. The Frost family knows how to help businesses grow. Just spend 10 minutes with them. FirstLibertyGA.com. FirstLibertyGA.com. Tell them I sent you. See if they can help your business grow. Now, I, this this is this is the controversial segment. Do I have time? No, I, I no, 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 no. You, you got to come back because I'm, I'm going to stir the pot. I, I, I don't have time. Um and and I, this is the, I, I ran long last time, but I, I do want to talk to you. Have you heard about the books being banned? There was a, a research study by PEN America, uh, which advocates on behalf of poets, essayists, novelists, and authors, and uh, they claim PEN America that uh, books are being banned across America in conservative districts like Anne Frank's Diary. Uh, Brave New World, Lord of the Flies, of Mice and Men, The Color Purple, To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, that they're being banned in school districts. Well, uh, the Daily Signal reports that of the 2,532 books claimed to be banned in schools, they're there. They're actually listed in the catalogs of the school libraries. It's simply not true. Um they claim, Pit America does, that, for example, To Kill a Mockingbird, it was banned in the Edmond Public School District of Oklahoma, which has 10 copies of the book, two of which were checked out last week when Daily Signal checked. Uh, and yet the New York Times ran their report uncritically. It's just propaganda from the left. Okay, now I, I got to I gotta move on. I got to tell you about Advantage Gold before we get out of here. The, with the topsy-turvy market and... Uh, the Dow is doing okay today. It hadn't done them well the last couple of days. But if you're thinking of using precious metals in your retirement portfolio, call Advantage Gold 800-450-2566. They might be able to teach you how to use precious metals and you can purchase from them. They are not a gimmicky company. They don't want to use gimmicks to sell you. What they want to do is answer all of your questions as straightforward as they can so you have confidence in them as a legit enterprise. And they are. They're TrustLink's number one highest-rated precious metal company seven years in a row. You can call them at 800-450-2566, get their free gold IRA investment kit, learn how to use gold and silver as part of your retirement portfolio or your general investment strategies. They are highly educational. They answer your questions. Uh, they play it straight with you. You can do business with them. 800-450-2566. One more time, 800-450-2566. Greetings. Welcome. Delighted to have you with me. I'm going to, well, go off the beaten path here for a minute before I go on to any of the other stuff I wanted to talk about. Because I just, I got to say this, and I'm getting in a little bit of trouble on social media for it. 
the I had never heard of the Patriot Front. And I keep seeing a lot of reporters covering the Patriot Front. And wherever the Patriot Front is, the reporters and the cameras seem very close to be. And it just seems to me, is this some sort of progressive group masquerading as a white supremacist group? And they call the reporters and say, hey, we're going to be protesting. Come check us out. We'll give you more fuel to the fire. They appear to be a legitimate group, actually, but only of about 200 people. They're a white nationalist group. They're an anti-Semitic group. Uh, Bad people, apparently. But it just, it's so weird to me that they... They, they just seem to, wherever the cameras are, they show up. Or wherever they are, the cameras seem to find them. I mean, you got like, you've got the neo-Nazis out there. You've got the KKK out there. you got all these other white supremacy groups. Uh, but somehow or another, uh, the media, <laughs> I mean, for 200 people, I'm just looking at Wikipedia, for just 200 people, the media sure seems to like get tip-offs of where these guys are. Uh, they've all got their faces covered. We don't know who they are. Are we sure they're not a bunch of progressives? I mean, the media is eating up the whole white nationalists are the problem, and Joe Biden is out saying white supremacy is the biggest domestic terror. Are we sure the Patriot Front isn't actually a progressive group pretending to be white supremacists? Are we sure? Because for it to be 200 individuals, they sure do get a disproportionate share of the coverage of the media out there. Um, how is it the other white supremacy groups fly under the radar, but this one goes right to where they care? I, I don't know, but there is, you should know, a conspiracy theory on the right that they actually are a bunch of progressives pretending to cosplaying as white supremacists to try to whip people into a frenzy. I, I'm just starting to wonder because I, I did see a, a Twitter thread the other day from a guy who or some woman was pointing out that it is remarkable how all of the people who know where these people are, where they're going to be, what they're going to do and, and how to get them on video all are these progressive activist groups. And I just it's I don't know. I don't know. Uh, white supremacy, bad. Nazis bad, neo-Nazis bad, Patriot Front bad, whether they're cosplaying progressives or real white supremacists bad. But it is only like 200 people out of a nation of 130, 140 million people, and they sure do get a heck of a lot of attention from the media. I'm, I'm, I'm not even asking questions. I'm just making statements. For 200 people, you would think they were like the worst thing ever, according to the media. And they're white supremacists, so they are really bad, but there are only 200 of them, and they get a lot of press coverage. And the media always knows where to find them. I, y'all are going to, you, <laughs> the amount of hate I know I'm going to get for saying that. But again, I'm not even asking questions. I'm just telling you, according to Wikipedia, 200 people nationwide. And they, the media just always seems to find them. It's just weird. Okay. Uh, Barbara, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the program. Well, good afternoon. Um, Hi. I just, I, I just a random comment about the public schools. That if you really, in my opinion, want to get a good view of how the public schools are progressing, you should become a bus driver. <laughs> Barbara, my sister's a bus driver for a public school. 
Well, I had a wonderful career with a major corporation. Uh, left it about 15 years ago, did nothing for about seven years, and the last eight years decided to drive a bus, and it has been real eye-opening. Mm-hmm. Oh, my sister shares stories all the time, um, and she loves the kids on the bus. Um, she's not a big fan of a lot of the bureaucracy that oversees the bus drivers and, and uh, kind of ties their hands behind their backs and how they can handle situations. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely eye-opening to what's going on both with the families of America and the school systems of America. Yeah, and I guess that that's the sad thing because it does give you an idea of what's going on with the families, especially the um, um I'll say some of the minority families, or in particular, majority of the minority families. It is it is sad to see. Yeah, and, you know, so, and, and Barbara, I'll let you go there, and, and thank you for this. And I'll, well, let me spend a little more time on this. A lot of teachers, we're at the end of the school year, and giving awards to kids, giving awards to teachers, there are a lot of really good public school teachers who are in no-win situations because, and this is why I, I, I think using standardized tests to kind of judge the performance of teachers is a really bad idea. When I was a kid, my Aunt Shirley, and she wasn't really my aunt, but I always called her my Aunt Shirley, uh, she was a kindergarten teacher for years. And I would, I, I told you about my whole high school experience, and my high school experience was very, very weird. Um, I was the French teacher in my high school for a time, and I'm not making that up. As a student, I had already had multiple years of French, and our French teacher just disappeared. Uh, and, I, and to this day, I don't really know what happened, um, but I, I got to teach because I had had the classes. I mean, literally, my this is the way that my uh, physics class and my biology class and my chemistry classes would go, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. I would come into class. Uh, it would be time for the test. Uh, I would sit down. I would write my name on the piece of paper. The teacher would come by, write an A on the piece of paper before I had even started it and say, go in the back and get the experiment set up. Uh, now, why that was, was uh, because when I was in seventh, eighth, and ninth grade, I had chemistry, physics, and biology. And when I went to college, my biology textbook in college was the updated version of the biology textbook I used in eighth grade. I went to a really advanced school in the Middle East, and I got back to rural Louisiana, and I'd had all this stuff. And they knew I was going to make an A on the test. Uh, it, it was not a matter of I did not have to study. I'd had these classes before. Uh, you, you need me to be able to balance a, a chemical equation? I could do it. Uh, you need me to be able to, to label the parts of a frog? Not only could I go dissect it, I could do it. It was a very wild upbringing, and towards the end of my schooling in public school in rural Louisiana in the afternoons, I would leave class and go down to the kindergarten and help my Aunt Shirley with her classroom. And to this day, on my left shoulder, I have a little scar where one of the crazy students stabbed me with a pencil and tried to pull it down my arm. She was a kid whose mother, single mother, got disability benefits for the daughter because the daughter was nuts, or so everyone was led to believe. It turned out later that, of course, it was an abusive situation, but when it was time for the review of the kid, the kid was forced by the mother to act out, and, well, I happened to be the victim of it one time. Uh, these sorts of things happen in schools across America, and the number of kids 
in that school who were getting up to take care of their younger brothers and sisters because mom was gone to work already and dad was in jail? How can you judge a teacher and the performance of a teacher by a child who is already coming to school starving, who has been up all night dodging bullets in the neighborhood, and you're going to tell me that we're going to use the standardized test to grade the performance of the teacher in the kid's school? You can't do that. It's not fair to the teacher. But it's also not fair to the other kids who might be provided a way out of the situation. I don't know if you all have heard this. I was going to put this off, but but I'll, I'll do this here now. Uh, we'll we'll reach, re- move things around. A Florida teacher is in trouble because she decided to show her kids a Disney movie. Now, I personally, you do need to know, I find the story a bit dumb. Jenna Barbie uh, has been accused of indoctrination after showing the Disney PG movie Strange World. Strange World is a um I'm trying to remember is this this oh yeah this was one of the dumb ones um I didn't watch it it's it's got like the first openly gay characters uh the the larger issue should be why is the teacher showing a Disney movie in school and she's defensive and said she's under investigation and she's a uh, a teacher in K-8, chose to show the animated sci-fi movie because it related to the class curriculum of Earth Science and Ecosystems, a fictional Disney movie about a journey to the center of the Earth. Yes, she received signed permission slips from parents to watch the PG-related film, which she says she played after students finished a standardized test. As the first-ever openly gay character named Ethan Clade who in one small plot line of the film has a crush on another male character. Well, one of the moms got upset that she was showing the movie. I want you to listen to this teacher. This is the interview this teacher had on CNN, and how she says what she says bugs me greatly. And Jenna, you said you feel that this is a targeted attack. What do you mean when you say that? Um, this, that same school board member is currently going around right now trying to, well, along with, you know, the whole, what DeSantis is doing, trying to get rid of all basically diversity elements out of schools completely. Like they're trying to strip individuality and diversity to fit one common agenda and it's ruining everything. It's not what America stands for. I think let's let our viewers listen to what that parent said um, that complained uh, about you doing this in, in a recent school board meeting. Here it is. It is not a teacher's job to impose their beliefs upon a child. Religious, sexual orientation, gender identity, any of the above. But allowing movies such as this assist teachers in opening a door, and please hear me, they assist teachers in opening a door for conversations that have no place in our classrooms. We had played that for the viewers in the introduction, but I just want to give you a chance to respond. Yeah, so that's what she's missing and what these parents are missing is they're not in the school system. That that just shows me that she's ignorant and has not come and volunteered at all. Because are these conversations, these doors, they're open. These students have one-to-one devices. The amount of things that they're able to pull up that we have to shut down, they, they these conversations, these doors that she's talking about, that's t- telling me I'm stripping her rights as a parent, those rights are gone when your child's in the public school system because... 
There are students talking about these things. It's where they get 90% of their socialization for the day. And we can't shut down every conversation every child has. Your rights as a parent are stripped when your kid gets to school. That's what the teacher just said. Those rights are gone when your child is in the public school system. She says, I'm stripping her rights as a parent. Those rights are gone when your child is in the public school system. That's what the teacher is saying. There are a lot of good teachers out there. This is a fifth grade teacher in Florida who decided to show her children a Disney movie in the middle of the school day after standardized tests because she thought it somehow helped, and she's upset and noticed her digs on on Ron DeSantis. She's pushing an agenda. She's not the victim here. There are really good teachers in our school systems. Then there are people like this who thinks that parental rights are out the window when a kid gets to school. Ah, this progressive idea that parents are no longer in charge of their kids and can't tell teachers what to do, that's not the way this works. If only for the bottom line that uh, this teacher is getting paid by the parents through the confiscation of their money in the form of taxes, that makes the parents ultimately the employers. So yes, they do get a say whether the teachers like it or not, and the teachers forget that at their peril. In fact, one of the groups that's out funding uh, conservative parents to take over school boards across America and has done so quite successfully is Patriot Mobile. They fund parents running for school boards uh, who are battling wokes, and they've done it. Uh, They tried it, rolled it out, initial experiment in Texas. 11 out of 11 of the conservative parents won, and they're expanding it nationwide. But to do it, they need your help, and all you have to do is take your cell phone service to them. You go to patriotmobile.com slash eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K, or you call them, 972-PATRIOT. They have 100% U.S.-based customer service, and just tell them you want to move cell service to them. They can take your existing phone number. They can even, if your phone's unlocked, take your existing phone, or you can get a new phone from them. You can even get a new phone number from them. 5G data voice, they have it all. Guaranteed great service. Your cell phone company probably already uses the same cell towers Patriot Mobile uses. You don't have to worry about your coverage. They have great coverage. I have a Patriot Mobile phone. I get great coverage in rural Georgia, all over, travel to Florida, travel to D.C., travel out to Arizona. I get great coverage. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT. Call them, tell them I sent you. You get free activation with my name. You can go to PatriotMobile.com slash Eric, click on the coverage check, see how good the service is in your area as well. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT. Hi there. You can also call in and be a part of the program, 877-973-7425, should you wish to do it. I, I got to laugh at the story, and this may offend a core portion of my audience, but I'm used to making my audience mad at me. <laughs> this is from Barstool Sports. There seems to be no evidence that Stetson Bennett graduated from the University of Georgia despite being in college since 2017. There was a tweet uh, by someone named Nick Perkins. Said Stetson Bennett attended UGA for near seven years and didn't graduate with a degree. Uh, An Alabama fan tweeted this simply can't be true claim about Stetson Bennett, the recently departed 25-year-old Georgia quarterback, never actually receiving a degree in his seven years in college. Uh, It seems, though, it's true, according to Barstools. Bennett never had an SEC graduate patch on his jersey during his time at UGA and wasn't listed in this spring's commencement either. 
He somehow made it through seven years of college without amassing the requisite amount of credits for a degree. I'm not even mad, this guy writes. I'm thoroughly impressed. I'm sure the UGA football team's academic advisors are cutting a couple corners here and there, but to keep your 25-year-old quarterback eligible despite the fact he was seemingly not attending a single class of his entire college career is truly remarkable. Now, I assume he went to classes. I I, I would like to believe he went to classes, but um, he should have had a PhD by as much time as he was in school. I, I don't actually know what's going on here, but the, this Barstool Sports story uh, has this suggestion that, in fact, he... Um, he didn't finish enough classes to graduate, though he was in school for seven years. Uh, seems like that should be a big deal. You would think that would be, I mean, wow. <laughs> that is impressive, though. That is impressive. And I, I assume a sports scholarship, so didn't have to fork over any money and, and uh, made some money along the way. And, and well done. I mean, well done. I, I I hope that he's like just needed one more credit and, and is getting it. I just that's something though. Um and you know it it it, it, it would have been really bad if he um hadn't been drafted after those seven years of focusing on football. Uh, so at least he got drafted and what is headed off to the Chargers, I think. Um good for him. But that's UGA, y'all, that's really impressive. That's really impressive, dogs. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.